It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. This is a Spiva Media production. It's just what the doctor ordered. It's time for your daily dose of awesome. Check your hate and negativity at the door as mom, wife, teacher, and lover of life, Cindy Liming shares awesome, fun-loving tips on how you can bring positivity, fun, and laughter into your life and into the world. And now, here's your host, Cindy Liming. Hey there, this is Cindy Liming, your host of your Daily Dose of Awesome. On this show, I talk about all the things that I find to be awesome in this journey called life. By sharing what I find, I hope that you too will be able to create more awesomeness in your corner of the world. It's been a little bit of a crazy week so far. My kids' youth group at church was not able to go away on our yearly mission trip. Um, This summer, due to COVID, we were supposed to go to Detroit and do some work out there, but we didn't get to go, so we had a socially distanced mission trip at church, and it was really fun, and I am so blessed to be able to work with such an awesome group of kids. Kids can really do amazing things when given the opportunity. In the meantime, you know, like how on occasion on this show, I've talked about how ideas creep into my head and then take a hold of me. It's a good and bad thing. I mean, I'm really bored because I'm always working on one of my ideas, but sometimes things come into my head and keep nagging me until I do something about it. At the beginning of this week, the topic of racism came into my head like at full speed. And honestly, I don't really enjoy talking about racism. It's heated, it's an emotional and personal topic for me, but I'm going to do it in a hopefully lighthearted nature. And I hope that you'll understand what I mean by lighthearted later on as I explain myself, um, because I really know it's not lighthearted. It's not a lighthearted topic at all, but I I have a purpose here. <laughs> I have this need to educate and not shame, and I'm concerned that if I don't talk about it, the nagging feeling just won't go away. So I'm just going to dive in and get started before I lose the courage to do this episode. See, shaming is what I feel is part of what is dividing our nation. Honestly, shaming is what sparked the idea of making an episode about racism in the first place. And what I mean by this is if you're on Facebook, there are a lot of memes that say things like, if you're not wearing a mask, then you're part of the problem. Or if you support the president, then you're part of the problem. Or if you support the police, you're part of the problem. And I've also seen memes of the opposite as well. So like, if you wear a mask, then you're part of the problem. If you don't support the police or don't support the president, then you too are also part of the problem. So on my Facebook feed, I have some friends on both sides of the fence. And if you blend all of these views together, it sounds like pretty much all of us are part of the problem. And honestly, somewhere in the middle, 
they're probably right. Since none of us are perfect, we're all more than likely a part of all kinds of problems. I don't think it's just one group that's part of the problem. I think we are all in this problem or in all the problems together. And um, so anyway, I just want to get that out of the way first. None of us are perfect. None of us know everything. I think we can agree on that. And I think many of us can agree that we don't really like being divided. I know I don't. I don't really know why we are. Anyway, I mean, this is supposed to be the United States, and I cannot for the life of me wrap my head around the fact that we can't still be friends and disagree. I have friends who have different opinions than me about the most heated topics right now, such as the mask wearing and the police and racism and the president, and I still like those people. I love my family and friends enough that a difference in opinion is not going to make me love them any less. I would never want to say anything to hurt them. And I think that there can be a way to have respectful conversations about these heated topics and still not hurt anyone's feelings. And I think that's where the division comes in. And honestly, um, I think that uh, this whole division in our nation is that we don't really have many face-to-face conversations anymore. We live in a digital world, and in addition to that, we're still on somewhat of a lockdown depending on where you live, so it's easy to post very emotional opinions behind our screens. And here's how I know this. I had the opportunity to speak to a friend face-to-face who was pretty much the complete opposite of me when it comes to the masks and politics. And I know this because of the posts that I've seen her put on Facebook. But when speaking face-to-face, she was pleasant to talk to. I listened to her, and she respectfully also listened to me. And we had an actual face-to-face conversation, and honestly, it was really nice. This is not the first time this has happened to me. I mean, as a teacher, I often get emails and you know emails do you know they don't really lend themselves to the tone because we can't hear each other's voices but often I'll get an email that seems kind of abrasive from a parent but then when I talk to the parent in person or on the phone they're actually really really kind um so I think that's part of what's going on here with with being divided are all of these different um things that we say behind our screens um And I almost wonder if we could have more face-to-face conversations about these important and superheated topics versus posting shaming memes online if we would be a little less angry and divided. So here's something else about the shaming. Think about the last time someone told you that your opinion was wrong. So I, I really don't want to get into, I'm not, my intention here is not to get into a political conversation and I um, am not going to impose my views politically on anyone, just for the record. But um, I'm going to have to use politics because I think it's a really good example. But let's just say you like Hillary Clinton and someone told you how wrong you were to like her or vice versa. You like Trump and someone shamed you for it. First of all, I'm thinking that the person who shamed you probably wants you to like who they like. So if you are shamed for liking Hillary, I'm only assuming that your friend wants you to like her too, right? Here's the million-dollar question, and let's go with the Hillary example. 
After being shamed by your friend, did you then suddenly start liking Hillary, or I'm sorry, liking the opposite, which would have been Trump at the time, and agree with your friend? So let me reiterate that. So say you like Hillary, your friend does not, they put you down, and after they put you down, did you then like who they liked, which was probably President Trump? So did the shaming make you go onto their side of the fence? Or if you had a friend who called you off awful names because you like Trump, did you suddenly not like Trump after being shamed for liking Trump? I know that's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but my question is, is that did when someone shamed you, did it make you then agree with them? And I'm thinking no. And I'm betting that you were hurt, and maybe even worse, you aren't even friends with that person anymore. So my point is, shaming isn't going to work if you want someone to agree with you. And this goes for all the heated topics. If you shame half your Facebook friends to wear a mask and tell them how they are uncaring, then that's not going to make them want to wear a mask. If anything, they're not probably going to like you. I think like if you want people to wear your ma- their masks and you want to use Facebook as a tool to get people to wear masks, I think it's one thing to say encouraging, encouraging things about wearing masks without like telling people how awful they are because they aren't wearing a mask. And again, the opposite is true. And if you didn't notice, I'm trying very, very hard to, da- to take both sides and attempt to be as unbiased as I possibly can, which is a whole other episode that I could do. But I am so tired of biased news. Um, but if you can't stand your mask, telling your mask wearing friends that they don't work anyway and sharing all of the data that you found isn't going to make them stop wearing it. So shaming each other isn't going to make anyone change their minds. It's just going to make people angry and in turn divide us even more. And see, before the pandemic, I feel that we were already divided because of politics. And so now we have those two groups and then, you know, we keep dividing again and again and again over all of these other issues that have been creeping up lately. Sadly, I'm guessing that a lot of the shaming is happening on social media At least that's where I'm seeing it. And it's on the news, too. I mean, you know, I don't watch the news that often, but there's a lot of shaming going on in the news, too, um, from both sides here. Um, In all of my face-to-face conversations that I've had over the past few months, they have been pleasant. These broad statements on both sides, for the record, are not convincing people one way or another. I feel like it's just making the gap between all of us bigger. So... I don't know. I just, I'm hoping that we can kind of reflect on ourselves and um, maybe not use such broad statements. And that includes myself. Like I'm very much looking at how I'm speaking and, um, and I don't think the broad statements are helping anyone. So now that I got the whole take on the shaming thing out of the way, let's talk about racism because that's what um, I really wanted to make this episode about. I started dealing with racism when I was six years old, I think, or at least when I started going to school. And I dealt with it every day during the school year until I went to college. And I got a bit of a break. And then when I came home from college, I got yet another taste of it. And then it pretty much, eh, pretty much ended. And racism is back in my life again, but in a different way. 
with the death of George Floyd, it is all over the news, and it seems to be kind of tapering off. Um, but again, I don't watch the news that often, but um, but when I have been watching it, um, the whole thing with uh, the horrible death of George Floyd has, has really brought things to the forefront. Um, but seeing people, no matter what color, um, who get treated unfairly due to their race is something that really upsets me. And I'm not black, as you can see from my podcast photo, but I have relatives and friends who are. And before I move forward, I want you to know that I am in no way going to say that I know what it's like to be black because I'm not. I watch the news um, about a few times every other week. I just, I, I like to know what's going on, but I also don't like getting um, bogged down by the negativity and all the hatefulness that people are slinging on each other. Um, and, but I do like to read, I read stories and, um, and I read stories about how some people are getting treated because of their color, because of the color of their skin. And it really, really makes me angry. What I do have in common when it comes to the topic of race is that I do know what it's like to not be accepted or to be treated differently because I am Asian. And I'm hoping that what I have to say can pour over into the black and white issue. From what I'm understanding, my dealing with racism, um, it's not quite the same as the stories I've read about people who are black. The common thread, though, is the unfair treatment due to color. I know what that's like. So here's where... (laughs) I want to make the attempt to get a little less serious. And I know, I know racism, a super serious topic. But I feel like if you're a listener of my show, it's because it's typically not that serious. And I'm I'm going to share my story with you. And I need you to understand that most of what I will talk about happened many years ago. And I have had plenty of time to learn and heal from my experience, which in my opinion, there is hope for the future. I never knew why I was treated the way I was, but part of me feels like it was so that I could share what I learned with the world and make a positive step forward in this awful thing that we call racism. And for the record, racism is not just black and white. I know with the awful death of George Floyd, the black community is what we see most in the media right now. I would love it if someone would, from that community could somehow come forward, um, and I know this is tough, but someone who has some distance and can share how we should treat one, one another from their perspective in a non-shameful way, because that's what I'm hoping to be able to accomplish with this episode. See, if I were to do this episode at the time when the horrible things were said to me, I would be an emotional mess, and I would be shaming people all over the place, and I would be angry. And I understand being angry, but um, but it's hard to, you know, not be shameful um, when you're angry. You know, when we're angry, we want to point fingers at people, and um, and I've, like I said, I personally have healed, but it's taken a long time, and um, and I'm at the point where I really do want to educate without shaming. Luckily, for me, times have changed. And with that being said, I am hopeful that things will change for the better for all colors. The more people share their stories puts us in a step in the right direction, but not shaming. Yes, sometimes people are awful, and their intent is to be awful. 
what I've discovered after years of reflecting is that sometimes people just don't know any better. Like, you know, like kids. And before I say what I'm about to say, I want you to know that I'm about to say a word that's a little bit inappropriate, So, um, which I don't usually like to do. But if you, um, I just want you to know that I'm going to say an inappropriate word because I think it'll make some sense here. But I think sometimes that, you know, grownups are sometimes like kids. So like, for example, I had a kid use the word douchebag while talking to one of his friends. And, and honestly, like that was like the latest word, you know, when we were in school, like you could just hear kids using that word because it's not a swear word. I mean, technically it's not a swear word. So they would call each other, even their friends, they would call their friends douchebags. And I know this sounds awful, but, but when I heard it, I was like, do you know what that word means? And he said, no. And I said, just so you know, let me just tell you this. Okay, listeners, just so you know, I did not explain it to him. (laughs) His parents probably wish I had so that they didn't have to, but I didn't explain it. I did not explain it to him. Okay, but I told him, I'm like, look, just take it from me. You don't want to call your friends that. I'm not going to tell you what it means, but... It's not a nice word to use. And it should be easy to know how to treat other human beings, and this would be with kindness. I think sometimes we do things without realizing what we are saying or doing, just like that student I mentioned. And this includes me. Just know that I'm not like saying that I'm any better than anybody else. I'm putting myself in the same category here. I personally want to learn how others would like to be treated. I am open to it. As a society, we should all be open to it right now. As a group, we obviously don't know. If we did know how to treat others, our nation would be so much more peaceful, you know? So Monday morning, I was, um, I think it was Monday morning, I woke up with all the awful memories I had growing up. And for weeks now, I've been reflecting on it all, especially since combating racism is on the forefront at the moment. And I kept thinking and praying about how, if at all, I could use my story to help make some positive change. When I woke up that morning, I decided on a whim, like I tend to do a lot of things, (laughs) but I decided on a whim to start a Facebook group called Cindy's Little Racism Thing, which which, um, with some very insightful people in my life. And obviously, I did this on a whim because the name of the group is terrible, but um, I literally did not put much thought into creating the group. Um, I decided that I would pick their brains for a bit, and let me just say, I learned a ton. And if you're listening to this and you're part of the group, just know, I did actually put a lot of thought into who I invited. I have never in my life been more proud of my family and friends. The people in this group is such a good group, and I really wish I could somehow replay parts of my life so you could see them in action. The people in this group could be the model for the rest of society. I'm thankful for them because knowingly or unknowingly, they love my family and me for who we are and not for the color of our skin. I need to share a little bit of background. My mom, she's 100% Filipino and my dad is white. And when you mix those two together, you get someone who looks like me. And again, check out my podcast art. I look more Asian than I do Caucasian. And if you could see me standing, I'm taller than your typical Asian at five feet, seven inches. My dad, um, or I'm sorry, my son's dad is also white and six foot four. 
my son, Christian, who I've talked a lot about on the show, somehow, um, well, he's 18 and somehow he grew to be a whopping six foot 10 and is still growing. He looks more Filipino than white. So if you can picture it, he's a freakishly tall Asian. And it's really something. And his TikTok followers, which is in the hundred thousand, seem to be intrigued by all of this. Also in my family, my Filipino aunt married a man who was black. I have two cousins who are Filipino whose spouses are white. And my aunt and my cousin have children too, so we just keep on mixing the pot. On my husband's side, his brother is married to a Filipino woman, and no, I'm not related to her other than through marriage. And in a nutshell, my family is black, white, and brown. My parents' brother and I lived in a small, all-white community, with the exception of a Mexican family who, recent, who I recently learned also had to deal with racism. I said in the beginning of this episode that I never had to deal with racism until I started school. My parents never not once told us that we were any different. So something changed once my brother and I got to be around other kids. See, prior to school, you know, we saw all kinds of colors of people because of our family and, you know, we never knew anything different. I was safe within my own family. So what happened when I started school? Well, my first day of school ever in my life is when it all started. And I think back on this, I think about, you know, my mom probably was like trying to, you know, get me excited for school and how it's going to be a great day and you know how all of us as parents do that. And then how it just got all undone <laughs> once I got on the bus. So, I got on the bus and you know, as soon as I get on the bus, I sit down and here's what I get. Why do you have funny looking eyes? You look like you're from another country. You should probably go back there. That was my first, you know, my first experience with going to school. So this, among many other hurtful comments, continued all the way until I graduated from high school, practically on a daily basis. And for the record, I just want to say that not all the kids were like this. There were two main ones that made my life hell on a daily basis, and they were both boys, one who was so much bigger than me, which never made any sense to me. Why would a big white boy pick on the quiet Filipino tiny girl? I mean, I was like, I don't know, like 40 pounds when I started school or something. It was really tiny. Like, I don't get it, but um, there were others along the way, but... I served as a target for these two boys on a daily basis. So what can we take away from this little example that I just gave you? My opinion or my take on this is that it starts in the household that our kids grow up in. When a child has never been in school yet, the only exposure they have to other people is who they live with, right? Plus whoever their parents decide to expose them to as well. Parents of small children start now. We have a responsibility if we want to see some positive change. Expose your kids to all kinds of colors of people. Read books that talk about other cultures and watch movies too that have other cultures involved. Like Disney, like, you know, they, you know, Lion King is Africa and Mulan. I 
gosh, it's been such a long time, but I know it's another culture. Um, and then another thing is start answering their questions in a different way. So like, since I grew up the way that I did, um, as a parent, this is something that I've always, um, been very intentional about. So for example, like if your child says something to you, like, why does so-and-so have funny looking eyes? Correct them without shaming them. Like, don't yell at them. They don't know any better. They're learning, you know? So correct them without shaming and respond with something like, well, really, their eyes are just different than yours, not funny. And kids tend to use words like funny or weird or strange, my kids included. And, um, and whenever I hear my own kids growing up or my students using, you know, funny, weird, or strange when describing another person's physical traits, um, I always try to substitute those phrases, um, with, uh, you know, the word different, you know, promote that differences aren't bad. Okay. Like other kids aren't weird. They're just different from you. It really doesn't take a ton of work, but growing up in small town, South Amherst, some kids had never seen anything quite like me and they made sure that I knew it. I asked my friends in my Facebook group who lived in the same town, why were you friends with my brother and me? What did your parents do that made you not see our eyes as funny? How are you raised in such a way that you saw us as people and not as color? And their answers were very interesting. A few said that their parents just did nothing. Their parents never pointed out that there were differences in skin color at all. And that's how my family was. Like, I had no idea. I just figured, you know, everybody's family was like this. I just really never looked at color at all. Um, I just thought people were just, you know, people that, and that's how we were. You know, we just came in all colors. Um, I also had friends who said that they were raised in church that preached that Jesus loved everyone, and he never specified who to love. He said to love everyone, so that's what some of my friends did. And um, I also had a friend that just basically said that um, that brought him up to just respect everyone. You just respect everyone. That's, that's It was ingrained in his head. He had to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, and things like that. You just always respect everybody. And if he did not, there would be consequences at home. So <laughs> um, respect is a very important thing to teach in the home. Um Okay, so here's another example. And before I share this one, um, I want you to know that I personally don't find this offensive anymore and have been able to find some humor in it. And you might have done this unknowingly, and I'm not at all here to shame you. It's just one of those things. I I just want to educate without shaming. Okay, so it's just one of those things where, you know, we just don't know, you know. So here it goes. This is a common one in my life, and it still happens. So once I got older, and even still today, how I look often comes up in conversation. I can't tell you how many times someone has asked me what nationality I was. And then once I responded that I was half Filipino and half white, I would get this. You know what? My son's teacher is Filipino too. Okay, now, (laughs) brace yourself for the next comment, okay, which was... All right, let me say it again. So the conversation goes like this. So my son's teacher is Filipino too. Do you know her? Yes, you heard me correctly. I've been told by other people that they know someone who is Filipino and then proceeded to ask me if I knew them. Fun fact, in 2018, more than 4 million Filipinos lived in the United States. The odds that I would know someone's son's Filipino teacher is very slim. 
And I hope you're chuckling right now because I personally think it's kind of funny. But for the record, there are many people of color who would not think that this comment is funny at all. I mean, do you know how silly of a question it is? I have never in my life thought about asking my white friends what their nationality was. So like Irish, you're part Irish. I know someone who's Irish. Do you know them? It just kind of sounds kind of silly to me. So the takeaway here, I too find different nationalities to be interesting. In fact, anyone who's different from me has the potential to be interesting. I think it's fine to ask people what nationality they are, but probably don't tell them about the friend you have who is also Filipino or who is also Chinese, white, black, etc. And then um, and then proceed again to ask them if they know them. It's just kind of silly. It's just kind of a silly question that some people will find to be very offensive. And again, I, I don't anymore. I think it's kind of funny, but, you know, somebody might. All right, here's another fun one, stereotypes. This is my true story that happened to me a few years ago. A good friend of mine had to get together at her house, and I knew some of the people there, but um, some of the people I was meeting for the first time. And I had a great time while I was there. Great conversation, you know, there was food, no big deal, all was good. Later, my friend calls me and says to her friend, um, tells me that her friend so-and-so, and I forget her name, so let's just call her Brittany. I don't know. That's the first name that pops in my head. So, so my friend says, yeah, so my friend Brittany was happy to finally get to meet you at my party. But do you know what she said? She said, it was finally nice to get to meet your friend Cindy, but you never told me she was Filipino. Wait, what? <laughs> For years, I could not understand that. I put, a, I put it in my little racism group to see if anyone had any insight why someone would make this comment. Because I just want to know, you know, I mean, the friend was nice. She's, I don't really think she meant to be malicious or anything. So like, I mean, like if I could see if I didn't speak English. And so then maybe my friend would have to tell Brittany, my, son, my friend Cindy, who is half Filipino, will be at my party, but she doesn't speak English very well, but she will understand some of what you say. So feel free to talk to her. That makes some sense. Or like, maybe you want to tell your friend that they will meeting your friend who is hard of hearing. And you might want to um, tell other people that my friend so-and-so is hard of hearing, so don't think they are ignoring you. All of those things make sense. But why in the world would my friend need to warn her friend that I'm Filipino? So I put that question in the group because it's something that like has baffled me for years now. So my cousin, a Filipino, told me that perhaps... Maybe Brittany was expecting this stereotypical, quiet, white, or I'm sorry, the stereotypical, quiet Asian. It might have taken her by surprise that although I look Filipino, and this is from my cousin, he said, you know, you're funny and outspoken and full of personality. So maybe she just wasn't expecting that because um, the stereotype is that Asian women are very quiet. However, if you've been around my family, you would know that Asian women are not really quiet. Um, But maybe, maybe that was the case. So the takeaway here, just put the stereotypes out of your mind. Not all Asians are quiet. Are some quiet? Yes. But there are quiet people in every color. Not all Asians are good at math. I'm not good at math. And actually, I was hired to teach math. Um, when I started my teaching career, but I wonder if they <laughs> looked at me and thought, well, she's Asian. She's probably good at math. 
I mean, I was good at figuring out sixth grade math when I taught it, but I'm definitely not good at math. Um, but are some Asians good at math? You better believe it. But there are also some white people, black, rich, poor, and Chinese, Mexican people who are also good at math. So, so let's summarize the takeaways here. When it comes to race, and I'm talking about all colors, even white people, all parents of all colors, allow your children to have all kinds of experiences with all kinds of different people. And when I'm talking about this, I'm not referring to just color. Let them play with your friend's child who has autism. Let them play with the other kids on the soccer team who are all colors. Tell them about other, other countries and learn together. My kids who are ages 8, 16, and 18 love to learn about other cultures. It's interesting. So it's something that we do talk about. Um, here's something else that just popped into my mind um, the other day, too. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but my son's best friend was black. And I say was because, unfortunately, Caden was killed in a car accident when he was 17. But I know this sounds so weird for me to say, but I never paid any attention to the fact that Caden was black. Like, when I was thinking about doing this episode, it, like, just dawned on me, you know what? Caden was black. And I totally forgot that he was. And I know it sounds really strange. But for me, color just has never been an issue. I loved Caden like he was my own. And when you love that way, you don't see color. So parents, there's a lot on our shoulders. Just be careful about what your kids watch and what you say and do. And um, just never, ever, ever allow your kids to be malicious to others. See, because I was tormented on a daily basis, I had zero confidence. And I didn't want to try anything new. All I wanted to do was blend in. And I was just so embarrassed about who I was. And um, all that time, I just really felt ugly. I mean, my poor mother, when I think back about this, I mean, she would tell me I was pretty. And she even enrolled me in modeling school when I was in sixth grade. And you know what? A modeling agency even wanted me to work for them. And, um, And she did all of that so that I would feel pretty. But looking back, how sad, how sad is that? Like the damage that our words can do, especially when you're little. See, if you tell someone enough that they look funny, they will start to believe it and think that they're hideous. Like I just wanted to hide. Like I didn't want people to see me because I didn't want them to tell me these horrible things. And, you know, I really did believe it. When I looked in the mirror, I really did think, oh my gosh, you are ugly. (laughs) So if you tell someone, especially a child, to go back to their own country when they were born here, and I was born here, um, they will indeed think something is wrong with them. And it was very confusing because I knew I was born here. I just didn't understand. But, um, But if you ever hear a child or someone else's child say something awful like this, do something about it. And teach your children to respect others and that differences are okay. And I can't tell you how many times, like, you know, as a teacher and getting in discussions, you know, class discussions about things in class, like, you know, we very much have talked about, you know what, it's okay to have your own opinion. It's okay to disagree. Um, And and we just really need to be vigilant about this. And again, I'm talking about all parents, including myself, of all colors, all nationalities, you know, you know, just very much talk to your kids that not everyone is bad. Are there bad people out there? Yes. 
Do they come in all colors and all races? Yes. But don't let the bad ones ruin it for the rest of us. All right, next. It's okay to ask people what their nationality is. Talking about our culture and our family line is an interesting thing. But um, don't ask your new friend if they know your other Filipino friend. (laughs) And people still do this to me. And I personally laugh on the inside because I... I am beyond this. I give people the benefit of the doubt that they don't know that this is just kind of a silly question. I mean, it's different if people ask, you know, where are you from? Oh, you're from Amherst. I have a friend who lives in Amherst too. Do you know them? This makes sense because Amherst is a small town. I'm a teacher who lives and works in Amherst and I get to know over 100 students every year plus their parents. So yes, there is a good chance that I might know them. But, you know, with 4 million plus Filipinos in the world, I probably don't know them. Stereotypes. We all need to try not to get stereotypical. And I know I keep saying this, but I'm also including myself in all of this. My son, whose dad is white, but looks very much Asian, you know, my son, I mean, looks very much Asian. Um, He ate dinner at a friend's house for the first time a while back. And they asked him if he would like soy sauce with his meal. But <laughs> but the funny thing is, yes, yes, he did. <laughs> and, you know, I often share stories with my kids in a lighthearted fashion. And they're able to see that I personally have moved past the horrible things that I have endured. And honestly, I don't even think that was that bad of a thing to have been said. It's just, you know, my son thought it was, my son actually thought it was funny. You know, he's got a sense of humor. And instead of schooling that family on stereotypes, he said, yes, pass the soy sauce, please. And he enjoyed his meal. That family never meant any harm against him. So why make a bigger deal than it needs to be? But you never know. You may encounter, you never know what you might encounter in this day and age. And a lot of people are very sensitive right now, um, which I try to understand. Uh, It's just unfortunate kind of because um, we have to be so guarded about what we say anymore. And, um, you know, I don't know. I I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I could choose to be very, very sensitive over the things that I've dealt with and the things that I still deal with today. But um, I don't know. I just really don't. I don't want to cause issues if I don't have to, you know, so, um, but just don't assume anything about people. And this is across all the issues right now. I mean, politics, masks, all of it. We just all need to stop assuming. I just read a story about a Facebook friend who wants to wear her mask, but has severe asthma and wearing a mask makes it harder for her to breathe. And, um, a little side note, I've heard about someone calling another person a grandma killer because they didn't want to wear their mask. And so therefore, since that's all out there, she's really worried about what people will think if she doesn't have on her mask. Um, but she just, she can't breathe. So um, there are all kinds of reasons why people wear and don't wear masks. So don't assume that they're a grandma killer if they're not wearing their mask. Um, and I've talked about so many heated topics today and I'm kind of exhausted from it and I'm only talking to myself. 
But I am happy to discuss this further in my Facebook group. But for the record, I will delete disrespectful comments um, and comments that lump people all into one group. Um, I am so, so open to learning about how to treat people better without being shamed or disrespected. And lastly, um, I wanted to make one more point clear. And again, this is just my opinion. And on my show, that's what you're going to get, my opinion. But um, the word racist is very harsh. And I want you to know that the girl that felt she needed to know I was Filipino prior to meeting me, in my eyes, is not a racist. The word is getting thrown around so much. I mean, one of my students this year asked to borrow a black crayon and someone shouted out racist um, because they said the word black, okay? <laughs> they needed a black crayon and someone yelled out racist. Um, looking back, I'm kind of glad it happened because it ended up being a teachable moment, but my gosh, this is where we are. The people um, who asked me if I know their Filipino friend I don't think they're racist either. Asking my son if he wants soy sauce with his meal, not racist. Um, let's admit something and get a little vulnerable here, and this includes me. We really need to admit that we don't know everything. We don't know all there is to know about the coronavirus or politics or race issues or even how to treat people. We just we don't know, but we really, really need to be open to learning And we can call ourselves experts, but there are experts that also think the opposite of what we think. And that's okay. When someone is being malicious due to the color of someone's skin, and when I say this, I mean black, white, brown, any other color. When someone is being malicious because of our color, yes, that's racist. A child should be able to ask for a black crayon without being called a racist. We really need to stop throwing it around unnecessarily, at least for the sake of our kids. The child who asked for the black crayon felt horrible. And I can only thank the Lord that it was said in front of me so we could have a respectful and loving conversation about race. If someone is simply trying to have a nice conversation with me and is interested in my heritage, no, I don't think it's racist. I don't even think when they ask me if I know them is racist either. I mean, it, it kind of is an odd question, <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm willing to continue the conversation. In this episode, I have included some small suggestions when it comes to race, masks, politics, and other heated topics. I don't think this is going to change the world overnight. And I'll tell you, though, what isn't going to fix our problems, though, is, um, is hate in any form. Jesus told us to love one another. And yes, I'm going to get all Jesus on you for a second here. But guess what? If you aren't into Jesus, I still like you. And if Jesus isn't your thing, you probably know that hate still never solves any problems. Um, but anyway, Jesus made it pretty clear and simple. We need to love one another. And he didn't say love one another, but mm, don't you love that person who voted differently from you? 
he didn't say love one another, but not the people who are a different color from you. You only love the people who are the same color as you. He did not say that. Three simple words will fix it all, and that is to love one another. And you know what? That's exactly what I am going to strive to do. Again, I am open to discuss all of the things in a respectful and loving manner. And if you want to join me and some other awesome people in a negative free conversation, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash YDDOA. And you can find me on Instagram at your DD of awesome and on Twitter at Cindy Liming. Cindy is spelled C-Y-N-D-I and Liming is L-I-M-I-N-G. Be sure to check out my website, which is YDDOA.com, where you will find all of the deals and episodes of Your Daily Dose of Awesome. Again, that's YDDOA.com. Make it an awesome week and remember to love one another. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.